You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears getting back to preseason joint practices again this year with the Miami Dolphins. We'll see what the Bears might get out of that, including potential players. Plus, we have to wrap up with an ode to Charles Tillman on his Hall of Fame induction. We'll have that and more on today's Locked on Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook or join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the full LockedOnBears YouTube channel, bringing you this video content with our podcasts. You can see me do the podcast in addition to listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. On the show today, Joint preseason practices it kind of feels like normal a little bit, right? We're getting back to what we remember from training camps of years past. The Bears and an opponent ahead of their preseason game. They get together, they do their practices together during the week, joining up then to play against each other during that preseason game. So it's the Miami Dolphins coming to town this time. In the past, we've seen the Bears go elsewhere. Dolphins will be coming to Hallis Hall ahead of that preseason game. So we'll break down some of the value in doing that what it means, why the Bears should be involved, and, and why it's going to be important to leave that one feeling better than the last time than the Bears and the Dolphins met up a few years ago. We'll also look at potential players on the Dolphins that the Bears will get an up-close and personal look with during those preseason practices ahead of their preseason game that might be on the roster block in Miami that maybe the Bears could poach and have just a little bit more information and a little bit more of a comfort level bringing them in for their 53-man roster. And then we'll wrap up because, of course, this past weekend, Charles Tillman, the great peanut, inducted into the Louisiana State Sports Hall of Fame for the state of Louisiana. A great accomplishment for him. It's a good reminder of just how good he was in college. Plus, it brings up all sorts of thoughts about his Pro Football Hall of Fame candidacy, and we should run through his resume one more time and really make that case as to why he belongs in the big one, in Canton, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But before we get to Charles Tillman, Bears joint preseason practices with the Miami Dolphins. Two teams get together. They practice, so I was going to say like normal, but it's not exactly like normal. It's sort of like normal, but it's some hiding your cards a little bit and playing your hand here and there, right? The the value here is that it's against a preseason opponent, and so you're not necessarily worried about giving away some grand scheme for the regular season. You're not going to face them later in the season. At, at worst, you could maybe play them in the Super Bowl, although don't think the Dolphins are quite there yet. I don't think the Bears are quite there yet without some sort of miraculous rookie season from Justin Fields. Crazier things have happened, but it is an opportunity for your guys to hit someone else. And it's nice that it kind of comes, you know, with the preseason games later in the training camp schedule. So they've had weeks and weeks of just practicing against each other every week. You know, it's, it's, if you're, if you're Jermaine Effetti at right tackle, it's Khalil Mack every single week bearing down against you and probably kicking your butt quite a bit of the time. I mean, I don't think anybody can practice against Khalil Mack and not get their butt kicked 
pretty regularly. It's you know it's the wide receivers and cornerbacks going against the same players week in and week out, and it's not just giving them some variety, but it's it's important variety in the sense that if I'm Jalen Johnson, say, and I've been practicing against Allen Robinson for four months, you know, in May and mini camps, I guess. Robinson wasn't at the voluntary mini camps, but mandatory mini camps and now training camp and preseason, you start to learn player tendencies. And you say, you know what, I practice against this guy every day. I know what moves he likes to use on me. I know where the strengths and weaknesses are. And I, I can pretty much get a sense of how and what he wants to do to me. And it's kind of the same thing over and over again. And being able to practice against a team like the Miami Dolphins is a new opponent with a whole new set of skills, new plays that you're going against. I mean, think about it from that perspective. The Bears offense trying to get their bed and brother, bread and butter plays installed, maybe working a you know, minutia in there. But for the most part, they're trying to hammer down their Bears stuff. And so if you're the same defense playing the same offense every day, maybe you start to pick up on some of those tendencies. But now the Dolphins, and, and no matter what team, but the Dolphins in this case, they present that new challenge, that new offense, new plays, new receivers, new offensive linemen. I mean, it's every single position. I've been going sort of an offense versus defense mentality there, but it's the offensive line against the defensive line. It's the wide receivers against the cornerbacks, tight ends and safeties. I mean, running backs, quarterbacks, arm strength, timing, all those different things. It becomes something new for your team to adjust to in practices. It's not as though you have to spend a bunch of time like preparing for the opponent in practice. You're not necessarily watching tape for practice. Maybe you watch a little bit of tape for the preseason game, but for the most part, those sort of things tend to be vanilla. But it's it's nice to be able to mix things up and not have it be against somebody that you're worried about seeing later on in the schedule. It's almost a more or less safe spot. I mean, teams kind of remember these in years in the, in the future. You know, They kind of remember, oh yeah, the Bears like to do things this certain way, and you can maybe pick up on a few tendencies here and there. But I think it's a really healthy thing for the Bears to get involved with some of these other teams. I think the Dolphins are actually doing it against two different teams. I think the Falcons, they're also doing it against in the same preseason there. So it's just a nice way of sort of mixing things up, especially in a year when the Bears and every NFL team have fewer preseason games. Adding one regular season game, shifting down one preseason game, it's 3-17 and 17 instead of 4-16. and 16. Maybe adding a little bit more of intensity to those, those three practices or however many they do before that preseason game, maybe that could be just a little bit of something extra to squeeze just a little bit more out of the training camp preseason point on the calendar. And more than anything, I think if I'm the Bears, I'm embarrassed by how it went in 2018 against the Miami Dolphins. Brock Osweiler lit up this Bears defense on a steamy hot day in Miami. The players were drenched in sweat. They were getting IVs on the sideline. It was a really weird game, and the weather was certainly a factor there, and the Bears did not look like themselves. And that was in 2018 when the Bears really started to kind of figure some things out. But you you don't want to lose to Brock Osweiler in any way, shape, or form, and especially not in the way that the Bears ultimately fell short in that one. So different animal with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, different team, different time. But maybe you want to stand up a little bit better this time. And there's definitely some players on this roster that will remember how it went with the Dolphins last time. Also an opportunity for the Bears to scour through the Dolphins roster and potentially bring in some talent with some advanced pro scouting in person. We'll go through a few of the top names on this Dolphins roster that you should be keeping an eye on this preseason that maybe the Bears might be interested in next on Locked on Bears. 
I don't think we're going to get many preseason odds just yet at betonline.ag, but it seems like one of the few things you can't bet on at this point when it comes to football at the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend. Because betonline.ag has so many different prop bets going on. Coach of the year, offensive rookie of the year, Justin Fields, perhaps. Bears over-under win total. Will the Bears make the playoffs? Yes or no. Where will the Bears finish in the NFC North? The odds currently favoring them at third Second place, not that far behind. It's it's an opportunity for you to take advantage right now of the think the national perception, especially from the odds makers, not overwhelmingly optimistic for immediate year one success in Chicago. But that means it's better odds for you if you want to lay some money down. Head on over to betonline.ag and sign up toward today for a free account. Enter our promo code locked on and you'll receive a free fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's been a little while since the Bears have practiced with another team in the preseason like this, but we've seen it come up regularly in the past when two teams meet together and they have whatever three practices that week ahead of their preseason game. It becomes such an up close and personal scouting opportunity for you to see a player from another organization that may or may not become available when they cut down for the 53-man roster, or maybe a potential trade gets worked out. Because normally when you're pro scouting, I mean, you're more or less watching game tape, and that's very valuable, and you can learn almost everything you need. I mean, you can learn enough from game tape, but seeing how a guy practices, right, you get that footage, and seeing not only how he practices in general, how he carries himself, and, you know, his hustle, and all those things, when, you know, sort of the idea of character, when no one's watching, what is he doing, when the practice cameras are on, he's standing on the sideline, is he goofing off, laughing, and not paying attention, or is he, like, getting those mental reps on the sideline, when he's not actually out there on the field, but you also get to see him practice against your team, so, right, it's like, it's almost like you can envision him in your jersey on the other side of the ball against your guys to sort of see how he would sort of stack up with some of the other players on your own team. And as I kind of go through the Miami Dolphins roster a little bit here, a handful of guys stand out to me kind of at a couple of different positions. For me, it starts at wide receiver. Dolphins have added there in recent years and maybe could add, that, you know, Dolphins fans always want more weapons for Tua Tungavailoa, but there's enough talent there where it's pushed some veteran guys down the depth chart and maybe off of this 53-man roster. Two names in particular. We'll start with Alan Hearns. He was a Jacksonville Jaguars receiver for four or five years. Basically, Alan Robinson's running mate down there. They never really had great quarterback play, as has been well documented, but Hearns was still able to put up a 1,000-yard season. He has not been a 1,000-yard receiver since, and maybe that's a little bit more of a fluke, a little bit more of an anomaly. You, you wouldn't expect him to come in and be a 1,000-yard guy. There's a reason he might be cut by the Dolphins. Let's make sure that's, that's clear from the start. Expectations are going to be lower here for these players. These are bottom-of-the-roster guys that might be worth checking out and could maybe fit somewhere on this Bears roster, but not necessarily going to step in and be you know, day-one starters or, or big-time impact players on your offense. But clearly a connection there with Hearns. He has had that success in his past, so he's not going to come to Chicago and be that 1,000-yard number two running mate to Allen Robinson, but clearly there's a need for some depth here at receiver for the Bears. We don't really have full trust in Anthony Miller and whether he's going to make the team. Javon Wim, same kind of story. Riley Ridley still hasn't really proven anything, so it's, it's Robinson, it's Mooney, and it's Marquise Goodwin, probably, and then 
figure out from there, I think Alan Hearns could slot in pretty well as a nice number four there with maybe an opportunity to turn some things around for him. Another potential reclamation project at wide receiver, Albert Wilson. You might remember him from two, I think it was two offseasons ago, 2018. He was a free agent wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was like from the start, the reports were that the Bears were interested, that he was one of their top priorities at wide receiver. They were going to be going after him and trying to add him into that mix. And ultimately, he ended up signing instead with the Miami Dolphins, but it didn't really work out there for him. And it, it was it, he had some injuries over the last couple of seasons, and then he opted out there in 2020. He's back for 2021, but like Alan Hearns, quite buried on the depth chart. And a similar sort of conversation about plugging him into this Bears wide receiver core. Wilson is a bona fide slot receiver, and the Bears don't have a lot of guys that are slot-only players. They have guys that you can move into the slot, and they'll do fine in the slot, and you don't need to have specifically a slot-only player. But Albert Wilson would be the direct potential replacement for Anthony Miller. There's a clear connection here from Matt Nagy. They were close in Kansas City. He wanted him in Chicago before. If he doesn't make that 53-man roster, you have to think the Bears will at least kick the tires. I mean, again, he hasn't really produced a ton in the last couple of years, so you don't come in with sky-high expectations of him being the instant number three slot receiver on the field all the time, but it's, uh, there's a, the connection there is strong enough, and the talent in the past has been there strong enough that absolutely, if he's available, I'm taking a look. I'm also looking briefly at the offensive line just because I'm not in love with the Bears' offensive line depth at this stage. There's not a lot of experience behind the starting lineup outside of Elijah Wilkinson, and there's a competition in Miami that it, it's hard. To, it can't just like say this guy. It's going to be one of a few different guys in some sort of combination that not all of them are going to be able to make this 53-man roster. The Dolphins have made it a pretty significant priority this offseason to upgrade on this offensive line. They've brought in. They've been drafting guys for the last couple of years, but now things are sort of coming together here in their lineup. They just drafted Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame in the second round, and so it's not super clear yet who's going to exactly start at right tackle, if, if it's going to be him or if they'll let him start on the bench. They have Jesse Davis, who's been a starter for them for four or five years now. Not a, not a household name by any means, but he started at both guard and tackle spots. They've moved him around a really versatile but solid enough piece that you know, he could come in and be either, if you're not going to sign a starter, cut at the end of the training camp and make him your week one starter, but would definitely feel a lot better about him as depth. They also have DJ Fluker, the former first-round pick. I believe the Chargers, it's been about eight years now in his career, he plays some guard, he plays some tackle, and then the Dolphins also had signed a Jermaine Elamuner, formerly of the Ravens and the Patriots. All of, Davis, Fluker, and Elamuner have all played guard and tackle in the starting lineup of NFL offensive lines, and not all three of those guys are going to make this Dolphins 53-man roster. And so if I'm the Bears and I'm looking at my offensive line depth, I would take any of those guys that have starting quality experience over Latavius Simmons, Arlington Hambright, and even Alex Bars up to this point, just based on a proven track record and an overall lack of experience from any of those guys on the Bears bench on the offensive line. And then the last two that I have circled are a couple of familiar faces from Chicago, former Bears on the Dolphins that don't have a roster spot guaranteed at this point. One of them, John Jenkins on the defensive line. If the Bears feel like they want a little bit of depth there, especially if Eddie Goldman's situation develops further. He's expected to come to training camp in the preseason. The, the, they're trying to qualm the fears that he might not be there, but if he's not, which again, we don't know for sure, but if he's not, 
John Jenkins would be a guy I would feel pretty comfortable bringing back and plugging into the middle of this defensive line, just as end of the depth chart body to help you out get some rotational I minutes. Mean, not going to be any kind of big time playmaker there, but a guy that you could trust and has that experience and you know the system as opposed to some other undrafted rookie free agent you might bring in. And last guy, saved the best for last, the biggest one of them all, tight end Adam Shaheen. Bears should think about bringing him back. He busted out hard in Chicago and has been in Miami. Not doing much there either. No, it's completely, almost completely joking there. I mean, he's made some progress. He's had more success there than he had with the Bears, but the bar was the floor at that point, and the little success that he has had has been better than Chicago and good for him. Wish him all the best. Want him to have all the success in the world and all those things, but... Uh, just fun to see an old friend, Adam Shaheen, on their roster. And the Bears don't have a, a true number three tight end on this 53-man roster right now. So there's room for him if they really wanted to bring him back. But I have a feeling that bridge has been uh, more or less burned as far as that former player. But another former Bear in the news this week and a much more encouraging story with Charles Tillman, the former cornerback, the legend of the early 2000s Bears defense, inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. We will find out a little bit more about what that means and go back through his college career a little bit and then re-sort of state the case for Charles Tillman to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton next on Locked on Bears. Those preseason training camp practices tend to have uh, a lot of moving parts, and I don't know exactly how they really organize it so well. But what I do know is that no one knows more about moving parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They're an auto parts dealer that have been working with customers online for over 20 years. They've got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle. Parts I don't even fully understand, you know, fuel pump assemblies and engine control modules. I'm more in the easier stuff, you know, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, anything you need for your vehicle, they've got it and they'll ship it right to your door. You don't have to go to the chain parts store that won't even have your part in stock anyway. They'll have to ship it to your house anyway and you have to answer a thousand questions and all this sort of intimidation and like the guys questioning whether you even know what you're doing with your vehicle. No, no, no. Just go to rockauto.com. You enter in your car's make and model and then boom, you pull up all the different parts you need for your vehicle and sort between the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Head on over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, write the words locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I know one of the main parts I need every single day at this point is my built bars. I love built bars. They are truly the world's best tasting protein bars. And I can attest because I eat them every single day. I tell you all the time in this podcast, I have to limit myself to eating just one because they're built like protein bars with all the nutrients you're looking for, but they taste like candy bars. So I get this sweet, delicious treat. It's not bad for my waistline. It's, it's, good for, it's good for muscle growth and development. Helps you get big and strong like all your favorite NFL players. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. Low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, and high protein. It is the perfect mix. It's the kind of food I was looking for for a long time in my life. You can never find it with the right macros and the right taste. But Built Bar figured it out. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 
and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Switching gears here to Charles Tillman and his now Hall of Fame career. It feels good to say that for him. I mean, I'm happy for him. It's not the big Hall of Fame, but he was over the weekend officially inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. He went to college at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, and it's a good reminder that he was a really good college football player in addition to a really good NFL player. It's the kind of thing it was admittedly a little bit before my time, at least him in college, my sort of formative years of watching football was him on this Chicago Bears defense. So I, I, I remember most of that very vividly, but him in college was not something I was up on and, and tracking super closely. So it was kind of fun to go back and look back through some of his old games there. And looking back, even just some of the numbers are startling. 284 tackles, 12 interceptions, 7 fumble recoveries, and 3 blocked punts. I mean, we, we know Charles Tillman is a player that absolutely works his tail off. So getting him in on special teams, I mean, he, he was on special teams with Bears and, and Dave Tobe. Maybe not quite as much in the, the punt block position specifically, but the Vices helping out on the punt returns and blocking for Devin Hester on some of those touchdowns. And I mean, he did it all, and he really did it all at the college level. It's the kind of thing where he's not, he's not at a Power 5 school, so he doesn't get some of that same recognition. It's just even coming into the league when you know, the NFL media and, and the league as a whole tries to just like, wait, who is that guy? Like, oh yeah, the, the, the scouts will know him from scouting every single school, but he's not a guy that you saw on your TV every week watching college football back in, what was that, 2003 or whenever. There's not a lot of Louisiana Lafayette games getting that national attention. And so he kind of had to build that reputation up for himself once he got to the NFL level. He did it pretty quickly. I mean, it really speaks for itself at this point, but also just the longevity of his career and some of the different things he was able to do, the franchise records he holds as a member of the Chicago Bears. Looking back now, he, he did have his college jersey inducted into the College Hall of Fame in 2012. And then, no, so he was inducted in 2012. His jersey was retired at the University of Louisiana in 2014. So now that he's got the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, the big one that's left is Canton and the candidacy for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Obviously, at this point, not going to be a first ballot player, but there's still a strong case to be made for him. And it's, it's hard because there are a lot of other good players that need to get in, and as they retire, it always be, the competition becomes more and more. But it, it feels so strongly to me like you can't, you can't keep him out. It's, it's one thing to compare him to other guys that are in there and say, well, he's better than these guys, and you can look at his numbers. And certainly the numbers are impressive. I mean, the, the franchise records for forced fumbles and the most forced fumbles ever by a cornerback and the, just all the interceptions and the touchdowns and so many different things he did. I mean, he has an okay case to make statistically and, and by the numbers. But I think for me, the Hall of Fame and being inducted there is a bit more of an art than a science. And Part of the problem of that is that you do get players that slip through the cracks when they, when they aren't as measurably dominant. I still think Charles Tillman, can, you can make a numbers argument for him, but I think the stronger argument is sort of the, the story and the, the narrative of his impact on the NFL and in this Bears defense. That you know, early in his career, and really most of his career, he got that sort of bad rap 
I guess, for lack of a better word, for being a cover two cornerback, right? He well, he's not he's not Darrell Revis on the island in man to man coverage shutting down receivers. He's just a cover two zone cornerback. So he didn't get the Pro Bowl recognitions he deserved at that time and, and never really got his props as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL for a very long time. But I, the, one of the, the go-to descriptions of what makes you eligible for the Hall of Fame or, or what people talk about is what means you belong is can you tell the story of the NFL without this player? And you can draw your own lines there, but I don't think you can tell the story of that, that Chicago Bears defense without Charles Tillman, and I don't think you can tell the story of that, that era of the NFL without the Chicago Bears defense, so that, there's, there's one star. But more importantly, the NFL still to this day talks about the peanut punch. You watch any NFL broadcast, and if you see a cornerback punch a football out of a receiver's hand, without a doubt, the broadcaster every time will make that Charles Tillman peanut punch reference. And to me, that's the strongest case that this is a player that coined a move coined a term and and taught cornerbacks to go for that to go after that that this Bears defense kind of you know that their preaching was first guy gets the tackle second guy gets the ball out you know first guy kind of holds him up second guy can go after it and it was Charles Tillman that was going after it like he really popularized that he's not the first cornerback to ever try and force fumbles but he popularized that punch. And the fact that it's a term that's used still years after his retirement, it's a term that's used in broadcasting, and it's a move that gained in popularity as his career went on and after his retirement, and that modern players, Tillman's still a modern player, but you know, currently active players still reference Charles Tillman as sort of the influence for that move that they do, speaks to his importance to the history of the NFL and why he belongs as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No one's asking to make him a first ballot guy and put him in ahead of, you know, other cornerbacks that might deserve it more. Sure, he is not the best cornerback in NFL history. He may not have ever been the best cornerback in the NFL during his career, but he was sure as hell good enough to be a Pro Football Hall of Fame cornerback. Brian Urlacher got in right when he should have. That's great. Maybe Lance Briggs has a discussion, but for me, I'm putting Charles Tillman in next from that Chicago Bears defense. And it's going to be a disappointment if he never gets in. It's going to be a shame if he never gets exactly that call because the States of the States Hall of Fame in Louisiana is recognizing him. The colleges, the Bears should find more ways to recognize Charles Tillman, and he deserves to have his bust in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hopefully that campaign can pick up some steam if we get any kind of developments on that as the years go on, if we can get him to be a finalist in some of those discussions, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. As we get into July here, we're going to start ramping up again, and we will get back to a full five-day-a-week podcast for you just in time for training camp getting you all sorts of ready for the preseason and the regular season. So I appreciate everyone who's been following along throughout the offseason. Thanks for following on this ride with us. It's been a lot of fun. We're getting there. There's a light at the end of the tunnel to where Chicago Bears football will be back on your television, and it will be so much easier to bear down.